This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. I've got a special session for you guys today. A special guest. I've got Paul Ames, who's a career and entrepreneurship guru expert, going to help us out talking about careers today. The work that you're doing in this world to give yourself meaning and purpose and give yourself something to do during the day. So I'd like to introduce uh, my friends and our expert for the day, Paul Ames. Welcome. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. And it's, uh, yeah, I look forward to helping your audience without adding massive value to them. Awesome, man. Love the enthusiasm. Now, Paul and I met a few months back. How did we get in touch? I don't even remember. I think I got introduced to you by uh, maybe a guy in uh, my Facebook group, Warren. He's a guy who lives in New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, he said you should connect with Daniel, and, yeah, it just went from there, so. That's right. I remember Facebook, trusty Facebook. Yeah, so <laughs> we, got, yeah, we got in touch a couple, of, yeah, a couple of months ago, and we just talked about something that you specialize in, which is helping people planning their careers and overcoming all the different aspects and all the different barriers that people come up with in terms of their work. And, uh, God, you just had so much stuff that you've put together and so much that you've done there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So basically my whole business idea for Sky's the Limit Career Counseling came from high school. Like many of us, you know, we're so frustrated and confused. I found myself that teachers were quite useless. High school was a waste of time for me. I hated it, mainly because I had no direction, no guidance in what to do with a career. I had so many negative emotions coming from that. I was just, you know, stressed out and going, shit, what am I going to do now? When I finish school, I don't have a fucking clue what I'm going to do. So, you know, it just overwhelmed me. And as a result, I finished high school. Yeah, got my, I did my year 12. Uh, didn't really need to, but I uh, thought, you know, I better do it. And um, worked job after job in my turn, uh, uh, all through my 20s. Just never felt any passion or satisfaction in my career. And suddenly I stopped and saw an ad for a uh, diploma of counselling which I'd always done manual labor sort of jobs. I've been in the mines, worked as a tire fitter, pretty much everything a baker. Um, so I saw this and I went, no, I've always loved helping people. And I noticed that all of my friends always come to me for advice with relationships or, you know, things that have gone wrong in their life. And I've always helped them out. So I went, you know what, screw it. I'm going to look into it further. Looked into it and I went, you know, what? I love this. I enrolled and just nailed every practical interview, uh, practical session I had or all my assessments, it just, yeah, it did really good. It just came naturally to me. And I went, I, would, I don't want to just focus on counseling. I love helping people, but my biggest driver comes from my career because I don't want other people going through the pitfalls and all the shit that I went through. So that's basically how I started um, and initially started with students, but then bridged out into a professional market or working with, you know, people who are just struggling to roll out of bed every morning for a career that just makes them miserable you know, you find yourself sitting in that job just going, daydreaming, just going, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I in this? So, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it all started. And that's where my passion and my fire comes from, just from seeing that change and transformation, probably much like yourself, Daniel, when you see that change in people, it's just amazing. Yeah, it sure is, man. And uh, it's it shows one of the kind of the things that I think we clicked on when we first talked about was, that they need to really get satisfaction from work and how painful it is when you don't, you know, how just how awful it is when you have to wake up every day and fight the urge to call in sick and, you know, you just, <laughs> you're just in a 
wrong place and you don't know why you're there, you know. Exactly. Um, so I'm really keen to talk a lot about that aspect today because I was, uh, I was talking to someone the other day about how people get into self-development. And I found, especially for me, in there's three areas. They either start by working on their body, you know, health and fitness, or they start by working on social things, you know, a bit of pickup or some of that sort of thing. Yeah. Or they start by trying to trying to do something with their career. You know, they start by trying to do something with their career. And also a pattern I see is that when people do start one of the other two areas, health or social, eventually it comes back to career. And they're like, wait, why am I spending 40 hours a week plus in this place I hate when everything else in my life is now starting to work out so much better, you know? Um, so can you tell me a bit more about, you know, what triggered you to make that change to look into counseling? Um, I guess it was just the fact that I was so sick of, you know, job hopping. That's the biggest thing. I actually said a lot in a lot of my clients, so many people just job hop because they keep, there's nothing wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. Experimenting with your job or your career is something that people do need to do. But you have to have that focus and just and really know yourself. That's the key element I find that a lot of people go wrong. They don't really know themselves, what their core values are. I find that's the biggest takeaway from everything in your career. If you don't align something with your values and what your skills and strengths, like your natural abilities are, you're always going to struggle and you're always going to job hop and never find that passion or satisfaction. So I find that like for myself, I went, okay, what do I love doing most? I really had to reflect and look back into everything. And I went, I love helping people and I love seeing that transformation. And then I found that firing myself from obviously, you know, my own personal career. I went, as I said, I just don't want other people experiencing all the negativity that comes along with that. And one, I think the biggest thing, like I I know you, you do a lot of mindset stuff as well, but I find the biggest thing that people come to me, everyone has something, their mindset's just not in the right frame. They've got such a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. And that's like one of the biggest things I teach in one of my courses. Um, It's how to change from that fixed mindset where you, you basically think that everything you've been taught um, is fixed. You can't change it. You can't grow. And likewise with your abilities, people think that, oh, you know, that person is just born with those abilities. I will never be that good. And you can always change everything. It all take, comes down to practice, determination, and drive. Yeah, and I think that would be a great place for us to start. I think we've got a helicopter going over that might be a little background. <laughs> Come to pick you up. <laughs> um. It'd be interesting. I'm thinking about uh, the people watching this today. I think we've got a lot of people who are really in the in the open most, uh, growth mindset at the moment. Um, but a barrier they're probably hitting, or one that I hear about a lot, is this kind of idea of what does it actually mean to to live by my values in terms of a career? How do I find what's right for me? Yeah. How do I know? A lot of people they want to, and they don't know where to start. You know, they use words like purpose. And they, they get overwhelmed by that sort of word. Um, so let's why don't we start there in terms of what do you think people need to do when they, they don't know where to even begin in terms of finding that, that perfect job, you know, that right career for them? So basically, when you want to start off looking for a career you really love, what I'd really do is um, well, I've actually got – there's a lot of good free assessments online. You can use like values, um, you know, value sorters and stuff like that. But what I'd really do is think about – I go back to looking at the previous jobs you've done in the past. This is kind of a way I I look at it and go, what elements did you actually enjoy out of those jobs? And 
quite often you'll notice a bit of a pattern, even though you might've hated the job in general, there might be certain elements out of that position that you really enjoyed. For example, if you're in, you know, working in shops or a retail or something like that, you might've loved working with customers or being, helping people or, and it's all about, for me with your career, it's all about finding clues. You're kind of like a detective. So you're looking for all these different clues from things like that. So finding these elements like saying, oh, okay, I love helping people. Is that something that I couldn't do without in my career? So if you go, yes, I'd move that into a definitive component. So I'd, I'd get a ba- basically get a piece of paper and I write down clues uh, on one of them at the headline and I'll put another one, definitive career components, meaning you can't do without those components in your career. So for me, helping others goes through, through and through every part of my career. And another one for me is I, I have to be somewhere like uh, sociable, like, you know, I have to always be around people. I'm uh, very extroverted. I'm not an introvert sort of a person. So I need that, that connection with people on a daily basis. So that would go in there as well. So it's all about looking back and looking at yourself, um, basically what, what things you've enjoyed in your past, in your career. Or you can actually ask your friends or family, say, hey, what do you guys think are my best natural abilities? What do you think I do so well without even thinking about it? Or what's something I do that other people struggle with that just comes naturally to me? Those sort of things are really good areas for a starting point. Because I find that if things come naturally to you, as I said, everything can obviously be changed. But if that's something you enjoy and that comes naturally, you're just going to blitz it in your career. It's going to be something that is, yeah, just ties in really well and allows you to utilize those strengths and skills and abilities every day. Um, so, yeah, I was going to say with values, um, there's a lot of different assessments and things you can use. I've actually got like all my own stuff. I've got lists, which I'll, um, I'll actually... I'll attach a list somehow. I'll get a list out to your audience as well, which is basically the top 50 values that most people have. And from there, once they get the list, they can, uh, you basically rank each one. You, you try and just go with just 10 top values. And from there, you think to yourself, okay, so on a scale of one to 10, how, how much would not utilizing this value in my life affect me? So to be one is like nah, not much effect or 10 would be a massive effect. So I basically go with that. You rank them and have your top 10. And as I said, then they go into your definitive career components. Uh, And from there, basically, it's all about trying to figure out what sort of careers will allow you to use those top values. So it kind of involves a lot of like, I kind of get my clients to do research or if, if they want, you know, a bit more from me, I do the research for them. But it's basically where they do a bit of research and think, okay, so I've got these top values, skills and abilities. What sort of careers could these transfer into? What sort of fields? I kind of start with that. Go, what sort of field could I broaden this into? And from there, I think as long as you're in the right field, you will generally be happy in your career. But obviously narrowing it down from there and really specifying what you really want is the key element. So, yeah, that's basically you go through your values, strengths and skills, ask others basically what they think your natural abilities are. And you just kind of just keep adding to your clues list and, and seeing which parts would definite in your career that you couldn't do without that's that's basically how i'd start off looking to get into a career you really love now i love that and, and one of the themes that that you know i couldn't agree with more there is you start with you rather than looking for the job first that's what yeah. i see so many people do they look at jobs go would that be right for me would that be right for me rather than going what is right for me before i look yep. you know i like that the definitive component so this is a must-have this is a medical break factor in terms of that ideal career i think that's so important i also think i am sorry another really crucial one i really think is um i find a lot of clients like i work with a lot of uni students in the past 
and so many of them get into these degrees and they don't have a fucking clue how what the employment trends are looking like. So a big thing is you can actually jump on uh, Job Outlook. It's called, um, it's an Australian site. I'm not sure for New Zealand, but um, yeah, for New Zealand, they, they'll always have a Job Outlook site or something similar to that where you can jump on, you can actually see the growth industries and what positions are actually getting long-term growth in the um, employment. Because there's no point going into a, a study, a bachelor degree or something like that. If your industry is not even going to grow, if it's a slumping industry. And I see so, so many people doing that. They just waste their time of 40, 50 grand at uni. And you're like, for what? You're not getting shit all out of it. You're never going to get a job. I've seen some of them working like as baristas for years until I've helped them. And then, yeah, they've done science degrees or something that's really broad, which is good because you can transfer that. But, I mean, you, you need to know that there's going to be a job at the end of it. That's the biggest thing so many people just don't understand. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, I see the, the education system in general really letting people down in that area in terms of preparation. So I like, I don't know about yourself, but I felt I was rushed into university out of high school and I still didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And I got lucky. I actually started with a communications degree only because the girls doing it were pretty. That's why I did it. It was probably about as an effective reason as why most people choose their courses, you know, yeah. and, but I did a psychology paper as part of that, and that's what triggered me to change to a psychology degree. I got lucky in being yeah. exposed to that paper. I might have ended up with a communications degree and gone, what the fuck am I going to do with this? You know? <laughs> exactly. uh, so actually, you know, this, the theme of this talk, I think, was top career mistakes. And I think we've identified two there. One is choosing your education before you know where you're going with it. So that's a, that's a huge mistake, you know, in terms of making sure if you're going to prep yourself for something, know that that something's right for you, you know, and know that there's possibility of doing that something. Yep. Uh, and the second thing there being you figure out what you want and then find a job that suits you rather than the other way around, finding a yep. job you want and trying to suit that job. Yeah, so that's awesome. And, and the other thing that comes up, I think, quite often, so you've got the people who are, looking for their great career they're doing those kind of values-based exercises they figure out what they want and then the mindset problems hit so the fear the uncertainty the the inability to take risks and so yeah. on sometimes it even stops people at their research stage you know they're looking at jobs they might like and go that's too hard and they give up exactly. so what are your thoughts and your experience in working with people when they hit those those more like those courage blocks you know yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's quite a common thing where I, I, when I used to start working with my business or when I very first started, I found that I was targeting like an audience who weren't really driven or motivated and it was a real struggle. I had to put in so many hours with some people to, you know, get them through these roadblocks and stuff where they were just stalling themselves. They didn't want to take action. So I kind of think, you know, how long do you want to remain in this shitty situation you're in? That's the question you ask yourself and that's what I asked myself. I said, do you want to be stuck in this place or do you want to live a life that you really want? That's the biggest thing. Um, and I find that so many people, I've worked with quite a few people that have said to me, yo, I want a job because it's prestigious or it pays a shitload of money. Or, and I'm like, you know, if you're just doing it, like the typical thing with business and that, if you're just doing something just for money, you're only going to get so far. If your values and your why is not strong enough or why you're doing something, then you're always going to get stuck. Because once things get difficult in your career, you're going to go, oh, fuck up, I give up just because you're like, that's all you're driven for, the money. There's no bigger purpose. So this is where I kind of go about, it needs to be more more than just you. 
And what I mean by that, but with your career is like, I relate it back to my business. I want to make a global impact on people and help people worldwide change their careers. So this is more than just me. I don't want to just do it for money. It's not for the money for me. For me, it's doing it to help people and stop them going through the shit that I've gone through. And this is what you kind of need to do this in your career as well. You need to think about why you're doing this. Is this business or is this job or, or company I'm going into, does their core values or business, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, organizational values, do their organizational values align with my values? Or is this going to be something, well, I go back to the old saying, you wouldn't be a hippie going to work for BP. It'd just be so bullshit. It just wouldn't work out for you. So you kind of just want to, you want to make sure that everything aligns with what you want. Like, as I said, you want a business or organization that's going to let, allow you to display all of your skills and strengths, everything that you bring to the table and allow you to thrive. So I find that like to get through a lot of these barriers where people struggle to move forward and stuff, you don't have to take such a huge leap. A lot of people think, oh shit, I've got to quit my job tomorrow and do all, the, do all this. I didn't. With my, when I started my business, I started a part-time around a full-time job and uh, now I've got two kids as well. So, you know, you, you, you've got to make it. This is what I mean. Your why is strong enough. So I was doing late nights till midnight every single night after my full-time job and after putting the kids to bed because you know that this is your purpose and what you love doing. So I find that, you know, that is a big point to help you push through this. If you if you don't feel that your heart's completely invested in what you're going to do in this decision, then it's probably best to have a deeper look at yourself and figure out exactly what's going to light you up and what's going to inspire you and motivate you to push you through these barriers. That uh, completely lines up with, with how it happened for me as well. You know, I, uh, I wrote my first book when I was still working full-time and then I started building my website and coaching people. I was still working full-time for about at least a year after I made the decision to make the change. So it, was, uh, it wasn't like I had to make this massive terrifying leap, but at the same time I had to work my ass off, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. Spare hours went into this thing, um, and I think that's. I think a lot of people talk themselves into thinking I'm going to have to make this epic, irreversible change that I'm not even sure of, and why bother doing it? it's too big a risk, etc. Actually, no, you just step into it one little bit at a time. Add it to your current life, you know, Perfect. one at a time. And nowadays, um, nowadays with so many amazing tools like LinkedIn and that or your people you work with, like you can do it without, you know, selling yourself out to your boss. You can take small steps. If you know, say if you're in a, an accountant job or something like that, you know, when you finish work or even on your lunch break or that, start connecting with people or reaching out to people on LinkedIn. Uh, you can just do searches on LinkedIn and say, uh, you know, say you want to get into a business role or something to get out of accounting. You just type in uh, business coach or something like that, or someone who's in that industry that you want to be in or someone's in that position that you want to be in connect with them, send them an inbox and say, Hey, um, I'm doing, I'm looking at doing this. I found your profile really inspiring. I'd love to have a chat and just start like that because those are the people that are going to help leverage you into that position and fast track you to where you want to be so much quicker. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways you can do about go about it. I mean, that's, that's one or even, you know, looking once you figure out what you want to do, start cold calling places or calling places up saying, Hey, I'd, I'd love to know if there was any way I could do an internship or work experience, but get through the gatekeeper. And what I mean by that is get through that first person at the front desk. You want to get straight through to the managing director or someone who's in charge of that business and speak to them direct because, you know, so many times I see people just give up because they get stuck at the so-called gatekeeper. 
it's never going to get you in the door that way. So work around that. And, you know, you can get work experience. You can you can do heaps of things. You can do it in your time at night. There's, there's you know, everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day. It's how driven and what you're, like I said, your why of what's going to push you to do these things out of your ordinary work to get you into this life you really want. I think that's a key point we really need to focus on, that why, because I think a lot of people, their why is based on those external things like more money or status or lifestyle. And I think, well, you know, and there's a lot of good research behind this now, that kind of why has a limit of strength. (coughs) After a while, it's not worth it. You know, to like uh, we said, there's a. I saw something. There was a TED talk about it. I'm so terrible with my references, but basically, <laughs> about I think it's about seventy five thousand a year. No further financial reward increases quality of life. You know, there's that doesn't make a difference really after that amount of money. Um, so people chasing the millions don't realize that once they hit about seventy five k, the rest of the money is not going to make much of a difference in terms of their satisfaction with life. But if your why is to have an impact on the world, or if your why is to, you know, live by certain values, that that you'll never get enough of that. You know, you'll always be able to get more satisfaction through creating more and more. And you and I both know that once you get into it and you actually see someone's life change because of your work, it makes all those long hours worth it, you know, it makes all that hard work worth it. So I think that's a huge one is people getting their why correct. It isn't, why? Because I want to have a big house and a car. It's why, because I want to go to my grave knowing that I left my mark on the world, you know, that I did something important. That's right. And I find that another key point there is that a lot of people don't realize that when you start making it bigger than yourself and helping others or feeling, realizing what problems you want to solve with the world, the money comes. When you, when you start solving big problems or helping people with their life, money naturally comes. It's like the law of attraction. I'm a huge believer in that. And it's like, you know, things attract to you when you start helping and doing things that are aligned with your purpose or what you really want. So, yeah, I find that those people saying, oh, you know, I want to get into this. And I found that a lot of the time people go, I want to be a lawyer and stuff like that. Nothing against being a lawyer, but a lot of people don't know the ins and outs of it. They don't do their research on it. They think straight off the bat as a graduate, they're going to be making hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not true. I've had heaps of friends do it and you start off delivering mail for 50 or 60 grand a year. So, you know, you need to find out the, the true, what it's really like and do your research on the job and the industry. Find out from someone who's working in that role, what their job is actually like. Don't get, get the real approach, not some bullshit approach where someone's just telling you all the fluff. You want the real good and the bad. Because like every job, you know, there's good and the bad to everything in life. But, you know, if you can get more pros than cons, it's usually a good sign that it's a career for you as well. Well, this is something that surprises me because I I naturally, when I I was um, dealing, especially when I was an employee and moving up the career ladder, it just made total sense to me to go find those people who had the job I wanted, take them out for coffee and go, tell me how I get your job. You know, tell me about what your job is actually like. Like when I get it, is it going to be as good as it looks and so on? Yep. And ask them all these questions, but the amount of people I find who haven't done any of that research, no. they, don't, they don't reach out to people. They don't talk to anyone. And I think as you identified before, there's no excuse not to anymore. No, and it's the most powerful thing you could do. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, like the, I find the same. So many people are just, they kind of want everything served to them on a platter and it's, it's your life. You need to take charge of it. Like I'm here to help facilitate it. Like that's, that's the part I love. I'm help you to here, here to find you 
your direction and what you love doing and make sure everything aligns. But I, like, as you know yourself, it's up to ourselves to start taking action and start changing our life because we can't do it for our clients. Exactly. I really like your really practical tip before you get on LinkedIn, you send someone a message saying, I looked at your profile. I'm really in some form of admiration for you're doing something that I'm feeling really excited about doing. I'd love to take you out for a coffee and talk about it. I'd love to just hear a bit more about it. And exactly. the thing is that doubles, doesn't it? Because those people also become your contacts. That's right. It means the big compliment ever to ask someone for their advice. It's such a compliment. You know, exactly. don't mind if I do, you know, getting taken out to lunch and giving advice, you get to feel like God, you know, and it's a gift to actually ask people for that support. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I know that works as well because like you said, you've done, you've done it as well, but I actually did that with my business. That's what built me up a lot quicker is the fact that I was reaching out. I just went, you know, what have I got to lose? I'm going to reach out to people who are really high up and really successful entrepreneurs like I've never given a shit about people's status. So I, everyone's human to me. We're all the same. Um, so I've never cared about people's status, how much they're making. I don't give a crap. To me, I'm like, I, I reach out to them and say, hey, I noticed you're doing this. This is awesome. Love to have a chat with you and talk to you. You know, try and say something. How I always say to them, oh, I'd love to see how I can help you out. So I always offer help first to see how I can help them out. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's led to some great joint ventures and, different things going on in my business and it's helped me scale and grow quicker than I would have if I was doing it all by myself. I even got my business partner, Sarah, like she's had a, she's got a currently got a multi-million dollar training business and I reached out to her and partnered up with her delivering online courses. So yeah, it's, that's all it takes is just not being afraid, not being put off because all the, all the shit that we think is like, they're too successful. They're, they're rich. They wouldn't talk to me. That's our own limiting beliefs. That's our own shit in our head. That's stopping us from getting where we want to be. Start challenging that because quite often we've got our own patterns and uh, you know, all the, all the crap that we've been formed from. Unfortunately, it's sad to say our families formed a lot of it from the time when we're zero to 20, I think it is, is when all our patterns and beliefs get formed. So it's up to us to start challenging these and going, wait a minute, this is, this is a belief that's not serving me anymore. Why, why have I still got this crap stuck in my head? Let's start forming some new beliefs that I am good enough. I am capable of doing these things and nothing's stopping me. These people are human. They had to start somewhere as well. That's what I start thinking. I go, everyone started somewhere. So these guys have just learned to leverage and reach out to people a lot quicker and scale their business. So it's kind of the similar with your career. Like, you know, these are people who are, who have been there and done that and you can fast track your career so much quicker. Like, and I've had the same with a, a client of mine who recently did this. He he wanted to get into a new job. He started connecting with all these people and networking and it's led him kind of through the back door into a role of where he really wants to get into, which would have taken him many, many years or people have to, because he'd done all these external projects and stuff like that or shown that he's really interested in the industry. So, you know, he's written another thing, writing blogs. Um, so going onto LinkedIn, getting on your LinkedIn and writing LinkedIn Pulse blogs on your topic that you want to get in, find research on that. So a really good thing that I use for that is, uh, I think it's called Feedly. So F-E-E-D dot L-Y. Um, it'll give you all the top blogs and stuff like that. In the in- And you can search industry by industry. And that way you start getting into group, connecting in groups that you want to get in of, you know, uh, say Perth business people or Perth accountants or whatever you want to get into connect with them and start posting these blogs out 
relating to the topics or the, the hot topics of that industry, you'll start becoming known as the, not necessarily a thought leader, but someone who knows their shit in that industry. And you'll start drawing these people into you a lot quicker. So I find there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but like those sort of ways, connecting with people with where you want to be and getting yourself known in the industry by doing things like that, putting yourself out there and not being afraid of it, it's going to get you where you want to be a lot quicker in your career. Yeah, and this is kind of one of those top secret tips in a sense that, you know, so many people, they follow the career path where they just apply and apply and apply. And they hear the words, it's who you know, but they don't really get that. They don't understand what that means. They hear the word networking as well, and they don't even, you know, they don't understand what that means either. And you just kind of explained what the nuts and bolts of that is. It's about you actually getting involved in your industry through your connections with people, isn't it? You know, and that served, that served me so well. I mean, when I was an employee that allowed me, like I'd be asking all these people questions about the job that I wanted to get. And then I'd go into the job interview and they're on the panel, you know, yep. walk, <laughs> you know, I'm the one guy that they interviewed that day that they've, who's taken them out to lunch before I even knew that they were going to be the interviewers. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes a fluke, but the point being is, by the time I get into a job interview, it's already sealed. It doesn't matter really. I mean, my performance in the job interview might make a bit of a difference, but by the time I get there, my reputation built through those connections, through being actively involved in whatever that section of work is, you know, it's it does your work for you, like you say. So it's so important. And I think so many people are looking at that end tip of the iceberg, being in the interview or your CV, but actually, it's the work before it that really matters, those connections. Yeah. But if you ever wonder why you didn't get the job over somebody who seemed to be not as good as you, odds are they did their groundwork. They did their foundational work. Eh? Exactly. It's the best way to position yourself above everyone else. And a lot of things I find, speaking of job interviews, it'll transition to that. It's um, a lot of things I find a lot of clients, because I've sat in on a lot of job interviews and interviewed people myself, um, is the fact that people psych themselves out so badly beforehand when really, it's easy to say, but what you really need to do is do some calming, relaxation, breathing beforehand. That's probably the one thing that I've always done in careers, just breathe, relax, get myself into flow and into a good state. But also, thinking of it as it's, it's just a group of people sitting in front of you. It's just picture it as a normal conversation between two or three people. I think a lot of people get this perception or all the stuff that's been in the media or, you know, what they've accumulated over the years that they're going to fail and they, they mentally fail themselves before they even get to these interviews. But a lot of people also don't realize the key elements to, to succeed in your career. Oh, sorry, in your uh, job interviews. One of them, I think the biggest thing is having your, having that presentation. So, you know, having that uh, body language and communication skills and also watching what your interviewer interviewers do. So kind of, you know, don't sit there like a slouch, sit up straight, um, you know, always present yourself in a good manner, well-dressed, that sort of thing, standard sort of things. But a lot of people don't realize your body language actually takes up the majority of how people perceive and communicate with you. So what you really need to do is watch what you're doing, watch how you're sitting, don't cross your arms, you know, always be open and charismatic. I've always found that when the people that I've shortlisted for roles in the past, have always been these people who are charismatic and they're not, they just don't seem nervous in these positions. They, they view it as, you know, just another talk. I think if you can get that into your mind and start reinforcing that by practicing a lot with friends or family in the past, uh, sorry, before the interview, just keep practicing, practicing or get them to ask you questions. 
I know it's with your family, but this will start to reinforce a behavior in you that this is like a bit of a relaxed sort of thing to do. It's not so stressful. As I said, like that's the thing. People fail before they even get there, which you can see it all over them, how they present themselves. I've seen people come in who've had all the right stuff on paper, but when they've interviewed, they've done a shithouse job. It's just like, wow, what happened to you? Like you, you just went to crap. Like, and, and it's that they've psyched themselves out before they got in there. So, uh, I think that's one of the big thing in interviews. And also a lot of interviews nowadays have kind of changed how they do things. They, they often give you the questions beforehand or when you're at the front, like when you're waiting. So I've actually got in, in one of our courses, I've actually got a, uh, a template with like, which uh, gets you to apply all of the, the strategies to use to effectively craft a response to an interview question. So it helps you with a really, really strong response. And it's basically coming up with a positive response that you can do something um, and then reinforcing it or giving a give an example of that. They always want specific examples. But basically, what an employer really wants to know, this is the one key thing that so many people screw up on. Will they make a return on their investment by hiring you? That's all they want to know. They really, uh, if you'll fit in and if you'll make a return on the investment, two things. So, yeah, you, you just need to view it as a business and sell yourself. I find that's the biggest thing. You know, be confident in who you are and just the abilities and what you can bring to the organization. But that's why if you research the organization beforehand, know exactly how you align perfectly with them, you'll just breeze it. A lot of people don't even look into the organizations they're going into for job interviews. They don't know anything about them. And yeah, often they'll say, have you got any questions? And they'll just sit there like a lump when you should really have questions for them saying, okay, so where do you guys view yourself in, as a business going in five years? Um, you know, that sort of thing. Ask them questions back. Don't be afraid of them like they're the gods or anything like that. They're just people who are employees as well. So I think if you can change your mindset on that, it, it makes things a lot different in your interviews and your success. Yeah, there's a lot of gold there, man. That was really good. And we're starting to see an arc now. Like if, you, if from the very beginning, you're looking for an industry and a job that's right for you and your core values, you're already putting yourself in that mindset of, you know, I'm the asset rather than being for the job. Like if I go into a job and I'm hoping I'm right for them, that's going to come from everything I say and it's going gonna, it's gonna to give them this vibe that I'm needy, you know. It's going to give them this vibe that I need them more than they need me and everything like that. Whereas if I'm going, going let's see if this job is right for me, it changes everything, doesn't it? It changes everything. And I think uh, what I'll do is I've got, while you're talking, I thought there's a great meditation link that I've got for a guided meditation that you can download to your phone while you wait for that job interview. I really agree with that idea. And I've also, there's a great TED talk on body language that, um, that I'll add in our little resource kit there as well. Um, that's one of the things I definitely... I definitely agree with getting into that present state of mind, understanding you're just going into a conversation. This is no different to hanging out with, you know, with whoever and talking about your job and your career. It's just a conversation. You go and thinking this is an epic job interview and this will make or break my life. Yep. <laughs> and and we, we've all done it. We've all done it. And it's, um, it's about kind of that. Yeah. There's a lot of work that needs to go on depending on each individual. As to how they reset those kind of mindsets, those beliefs. Yeah. They go in there going, I'm actually the prize here. You know, this yeah. is I'm seeing if they're right for me, not the other way around. And it can make such a big difference. An extra an extra tip I'd add there as well is a lot of people get really introverted before a uh, before a job interview, you know, they're sitting there by themselves, isolated, panicking, 
reading their notes and everything like that. And then they're trying to go into a social situation, which is the job interview. And I think one of the best preparation things you can do is just talk to people before the interview. Be warmed up socially. If there's another person waiting, talk to them. If there's no one there, plan it so that you've got a phone call with a friend at least 15 minutes before you go in. So you're going in used to talking rather than trying to like crank the cold start going, you know, in the social aspect. And I find um, that um, also a lot of people I've interviewed, you can feel their energy straight away when they walk in the room. You can tell the people that are just, you know, they're, they're so overwhelmed by everything. Or you can tell the people that have, uh, you know, got that char- uh, charisma and that, that massive energy when they walk into the room. Like the last guy I interviewed when I was still in a, uh, my job, um, he, he just had so much energy and charisma coming into it. Like he was just incredible. And I was like, and he just nailed the interview with everything he did. Because he, he seemed so chilled out, so relaxed. He view, you could tell he just viewed it as a conversation. And obviously, like, he didn't have the experience or anything like that. That's another thing people get caught up on is experience for roles. It's often bullshit. Like, you don't need all that experience. Like, quite often, why they do that is a, this is a bit of an insider thing. Why employers list experience on job positions and uh, applications and stuff like that? They want to weed out people who aren't serious about applying for this role. So people who just go, oh, this sounds all right to me, oh, but I don't have the experience, they're just going to drop off. People who really want to get into these roles, and I've done it myself for like three or four roles. In the past, I've applied for roles where it says, you know, five or six years experience. I've had maybe one, uh, but I knew, I researched the roles. I, I sold myself and, and said, hey, I'm willing to do what it takes to succeed in this role. I've done this, 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 this um, extra kind of curricular stuff. This is what I'm proving and showing. And I often... I often find a really good thing that wows the interviewers is having something like uh, bring something into the interview that can potentially change something that they're currently doing. If you can like, I've, and I've been wowed by that in the past where someone's brought in, you know, like a spreadsheet saying, Hey, this is uh, a way I can see us improving this, this, this in the business in the future. And you just go, Holy shit. Wow. This person's really got their game on, you know, um, and things like that. So I, I just find that's a really good way of, you know, making yourself stand out and, that they'll remember you for that because I go, this guy really wants to get invested into our business and our company. So, yeah, it's a really cool way of doing it. And that's that's fantastic. I love that example. And it's so rare. You know, you've got some poor panel that's interviewed 30 applicants and they're just blurring into one another. How do they stand out? How do they remember? And then, of course, you've got someone coming and they do something different, not just something different, but something that shows that they care about working here you know, that they're really into it. I mean, I've done a bit of hiring myself and it's every person who really wanted the job stood out. You know, they wanted it because, you know, they came prepared, they came, they've done their research, they were interested in what we're asking, they had questions at the end, they just showed, I am here to like do this job. And I've even had people like, they've come and saying, look, I don't have the experience. I'm actually not expecting to get the job this time but I'm going to be back. So you can either hire me now or you can wait and hire me later. It's up to you. You know, they're that kind of, that yeah, cocky. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It just says, well, we might as well bring them in now. You know, this person's <laughs> got the main quality we need, which is enthusiasm to work here. I mean, any, any smart hiring panel knows that that's got to be the top quality. You know, if you've got someone who's really keen, you can do the rest with them, training and all that. It's so like you say, there'll be a return on that investment if they're keen. Definitely. Uh, and I think when people go in introverted, you know, they got themselves into a really introverted state 
and really shy and, and embarrassed and kind of overly humble, what it really gets perceived as is I don't really want this. Yep. It doesn't come through strongly enough. And the, and the sad thing is often they're in that state because of how much they want it. They just yep. need to like, I've also, I've had people come in and they say, I'm nervous because I want this job so bad. Yep. I'm like, it's good. I like that. You yeah. know, out there, you know, just tell us about, it. we know you're nervous anyway. You know, we can see it. You might as well just bring it up. Nervous doesn't mean you're not confident. It just means you're excited about the possibility of getting the job, you know. Exactly. I think um, the big, uh, people are probably thinking from this, oh, but I'm an introvert. How do I nail a position? And I guess that comes back to thinking, how badly do you want to change your life? How badly do you want to get into this role that you really want? So even though you're an introverted sort of person, you're a shy sort of person, or you, know, you, you, you don't potentially like speaking up a lot in public and things like that, you need to change the way you, you act for this interview or just to change how you are to nail this interview. Because I've met a lot of introverted people who have done that in job interviews. They've said, you know, I knew I wanted this position. So even though my natural abilities is just to be in the corner or, be, or just be quieter, you know, just get along with my work, they've kind of gone out of their box and gone, I need to do this. I need to stretch my comfort zone. And as a result, they've got the job because they've shown that they've done their research. They've done everything they need to, to get this position. So, and I think by saying that, oh, I'm an introvert. How do I do it? It's kind of a, a bit of a limiting belief in yourself. Like you can always change how you are, even though that's your main traits and the, the main abilities of how you communicate or how you are, you can always change that. Um, and I guess, like I said, it comes down to how badly you want to change your current life. And it comes back to values. I mean, if your value is to be courageous and bold, then the introverted, extrovert doesn't matter. It's a type of behavior. It's about stepping up when, when fear hits, you know. Um, and it's, I often, we won't go too deep into it now, but that introvert, extrovert thing, it, it does become this restriction, this life sentence that you're living by when actually there's, there's no need to be held back by that label. You just are what you are in the moment, which could be outgoing or it could be ingoing or whatever. It doesn't matter. You don't need no. that label. I agree, man. I was going to say, um, yeah, I was also going to touch on uh, like pay rises and promotions as well because I find that a lot of people, they always think, oh, you know, I'm always overlooked for pay rises and promotions. Like, I can never get that position. This guy's had less experience than me. I've been here so long in the organization, blah, blah, blah. And they wonder why they're not getting these pay rises and promotions. And I find a lot of the time it's because they're just doing what their job description describes them to do. They're not stretching themselves out of what, they should be doing. So, for example, I, I tend to look at it this way. Like we were saying before, even though to get into the position, I think you need to view yourself as a commodity and like a rare, I kind of say, you know, look at yourself as like a valuable commodity. Once you're in the organization, you need to make it about more than just yourself in the position. You need to be looking at the organization or what your manager's struggling with. I find a lot of people to, to help progress and get pay rises and promotions. Think about some of the biggest problems or go up to your manager or supervisor and say, hey, what are some of the things that you're really struggling with? Or what are some of the things that you really need to free up in, to free up some of your time? And then saying, hey, I know these are my core abilities or what I'm, I'm required to in my job, but I'd love to be able to help you in that. And then if you can keep doing little projects like that, or even wherever you can, stretch yourself out beyond what your, your daily duties and tasks are, and then come back to them. And it's a lot easier. A lot of people go, oh, I'm so afraid to ask for a pay rise. If you've done the work and added value to the organization, whether that be monetary or, you know, I don't know, however else, just added, made that organization grow and develop, 
then you have every right to ask for a pay rise or promotion. And I've got a, a really good link. Um, it's it's an Australian link, but I'm not sure of one New Zealand, but I would say there'd be a de- uh, similar sort of one. But there's one here called payscale.com.au, and it's basically where you can type in the position or role that you're currently, currently in, and you can find out what the pay hourly rate uh, what you should be doing for how, what you should be paid for how many years experience, etc. It's a really awesome tool, and I often refer all my clients to it. I say if you want a pay rise or promotion, jump on here, find out what your industry pays for your experience level, and then if you're going into a pay rise, say, hey, I've done this work or I've been in this position for this long. This is my rate, what I should be paid above board, and then yeah, I find it's a lot easier once you know what you should be getting paid rather than taking a figure out of thin air. It's just something you can actually gauge and go, yep, all right, I know where I need to be and I know where I currently am and what I've done to contribute to make myself there. So, yeah, it's a really cool tool. I think that I'd say there'd be one in uh, New Zealand as well. Yeah, well, we've got we've got people from all around the world watching, so they'll have to dive into their specific. <laughs> it's such a great tool. And that, until you said that, I didn't realise that's exactly what I did. I mean, with my, my previous job, the reason I kept getting promotions without the so-called requisite experience and so on. It's because I always went over and above in every role that I was in. I always did more and I always um, I always brought in new things that nobody else was doing. I remember particularly there was this one where I was sending out a newsletter with top tips on how to do different bits and pieces for probation work. Nobody asked me to do that and there was no, you know, there was nothing in my job description that said I needed to do this, but I was like, how do I add value to the people I work with? And so when I go to a job interview and they go, what do you do extra? You know, they ask that kind of question. What do you, how do you go above and beyond? I had examples, things that they could search and find the, you know, verification for. And you got that, you and five other applicants and none of the other ones have done anything beyond their job description. And the other one, people going for promotions and they're just talking about how good they are at their current job. It's like, no, you're not applying for your current job. How good are you (laughs) going to get this one? You know, yeah. <laughs> so I used to, you know, when I moved from probation officer to manager, one of the first things I did is I failed a job interview, so to speak. And then I asked them why. And they said, well, you haven't done anything management wise. And I said, I got you. So then I went and asked for my manager to delegate heaps of his shit to me, you know, and I, I, by the time I got to the next interview, I was like, yep, I've already done that, already done that, already done that. I already know how to do the job you're, I'm applying for rather than maybe I'll be good at it, you know. Um, that's that's it, man. That's what you need to do as well. Like exactly what you're saying. It's yeah, spot on the money. Awesome, man. Well, we we um, oh, we covered so much stuff, and I think we've just touched on really key points. You know, there's a lot deeper detail that people will need to go and go into there, um, which is probably a pretty good segue to talk a bit more about what you do and, and what you offer. What kind of support people get when they're working with you, and also that little offer that you put together for the boys of Brojo here. So tell us a bit more then. Yeah, sure. So um, I've got quite a few different options of uh, how I help people out. So I currently do one-on-one coaching with people um, all throughout Australia. I've worked with people pretty well, pretty much anywhere, really. I, I haven't worked with anyone out of Australia, but um, yeah, I work via Skype or in person. Um, and yeah, I've got three different coaching packages, which uh, I can send through if you, if your audience, but I also have created 10 online career development courses. Um, which my business partner and I have created. And uh, yeah, it basically goes through everything from, you know, mastering a killer career mindset to interview techniques and skills. Um, we're just finalizing a few things on a couple of those, but yeah, we've got 
uh, quite a few of them launched already. And uh, yeah, it pretty much covers all the main things that you uh, need to to do in your career to help you fast track your career and be confident and clear in what you really want to do and aligning, like I said, everything we've talked about. Um, so basically I'll put together an offer for three, three of our probably best selling courses. Um, and, uh, yeah, made it uh, specifically for the Brojo audience. And that's pretty much our mastering a killer career mindset course, uh, unleashing your formidable skills and strengths. Uh, and what was the other one? Uh, yeah, so yeah, similar along those lines. Like we got yeah, the three of them. I can't remember the last one was called, but I've I've got it all in in the link and in the notes. And uh, yeah, I made a really good offer. It's uh, one hundred and twenty four dollars off for you guys, um, specifically and exclusively just for you guys uh, who've watched the webinar who are, who are looking at the webinar. So yeah, and if if you wanted to contact me or reach out to me, um, you can jump onto Facebook. I've got my own Facebook group on there called Professional Career Growth Fast Track to Success. Or you can jump on my uh, Sky's the Limit career counselling page on there um, and just, yeah, flick me through a message. If you've got any questions, I'd love to help you out with uh, any anything I can for free with value-wise. So help you get to where you really want to be. Awesome. I love that, man. I'm just looking at it now. It's Uncover Your True Career Needs is the other one. Uh, that's the one. <laughs> I couldn't remember the words for it. I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's along those lines. <laughs> No, yeah, and uh, yeah, I've, I've looked through uh, some of your material. It's just fantastic. You know, I highly recommend you guys check it out. It's definitely worth it. And yeah, I mean, the the investment in your career, this is one of the things, I mean, I often sometimes with, often sometimes, Jesus, uh, with, <laughs> with people I'm coaching, you know, sometimes they really struggle to invest in themselves because I do confidence coaching. And it's, it's lots it's a lot more difficult with confidence coaching to say, I'm going to get my money's worth, you know, because you don't get paid. But with career, you really can't see that. So for someone to, you know, the investment that they'll make in your courses to how that will actually affect them, if nothing else, financially um, in the future is just, it's no need to even question it. It's just such a massive impact. And I've, I, you know, before I went into coaching for myself, I really put a lot of time and effort into receiving coaching and mentorship. I always had one coach or mentor at another throughout my entire career. And I have absolutely no doubt that that was the pivotal keystone as to why I was able to, you know, climb the ladder so much quicker than all the people around me. You know, everyone else is trying to do it by themselves. Why would you when you don't have to, you know? Um, so yeah, I really, I, I stand by your work, man. And I really, I hope the Brojo guys check it out because if you're spending, yeah, 40 plus hours a week doing something, and you've got the option of making that more satisfying. Why wouldn't you? You know, why wouldn't you? If you're going to the gym and you're working on your social skills and you're doing this, that, and the other to improve your life, but you're neglecting your career, yep. then obviously that's going to come back and bite you sooner rather than later. Yeah. Awesome stuff, man. Well, we, oh, we covered so much good stuff. I'm going to have to watch over it again myself. And uh, are there any sort of final key points, tips, or tricks you want to leave us with today? Um, I guess it's like, as I said, the biggest ones I can relate in my career and business would definitely be, like I said before, not being afraid to reach out to people, just reaching out, finding out who, who's in the spot that you want to be in. Um, and just really investing time in yourself beforehand, before you jump into a career, like uh, Daniel said before, before you jump into something, you think, yeah, that sounds okay. It's not good enough to sound okay. You need to be sure that that's something that's going to align with you and your purpose and, and your values and basically just your personality. So, yeah, that'd be the biggest thing. You know, take the time. Don't rush this. And you don't have to take that big leap to get into this career. 
you can take it small and take it slow, but look at it as a long-term thing. You will eventually get into that career you really love. It just might take longer while you're transitioning from a full-time job, but don't let that give up hope. Don't give up hope on that because think about how good that's going to feel. Even like while you're in this full-time job, even if you're miserable in that job, while you're working at transitioning, do you know how much happier that would make you? I know myself when I've been doing that with my business, I've been miserable in a full-time job. I'm just going to fucking hate this job, but I'm happy because I know that I'm going to, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can see myself transitioning into this and something I love and it makes things, you know, incredible. Whereas before you've got nothing else to look forward to. Like I said, you might just be looking forward to the gym or going home or Friday or Saturday or something like that. Whereas this, you actually can see a light at the end of the tunnel and a, a big goal coming into fruition. Exactly, man. And I had that same experience myself. Everything had meaning once I knew where I was going with this. Every little action, it was either practice for something or it was putting capital aside for something. It was every tiny job suddenly had meaning. Whereas when you've got no reason, you don't know why you're doing it, nothing has meaning, even if it earns you millions, you know. Um, thank you, Paul, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us today. And uh, I, I hope people watching listen to what you said because it absolutely lines up with what I know to work um, and what I've seen so much evidence for uh, over the years and yeah this is this could be some life-changing stuff for some people who are feeling really stuck if they can just start over figure out what do i actually want start from that and then follow the the path that you laid out there so i really uh i really appreciate your time and uh love talking to you as always oh me too man I really appreciate talking to your audience and yourself. I always love talking to you, Daniel. So, uh, yeah, I hope I've added value to you guys. And uh, as I said, yeah, don't hesitate to send us a message or that. If, you, if you've got some questions for me, I'll be more than happy to help you. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Paul. All right, mate. Well, we'll sign it off there to everybody watching. Have yourselves a good week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.